Hello, I'm your host, Gillian Semler. You're listening to Let's Talk, brought to you by Citilets and Arla Property Mart Scotland. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show for the world of property letting, investment, legislation, personal stories and much more. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's Talk at citilets.co.uk. Today, my guest is John Cox, Director of Property Professionals Cox & Co. Morning. Good morning. Now, Cox & Co. is a family-run business that was launched in Aberdeen as whole-of-market mortgage brokers, and you personally set up the Edinburgh business 16 years ago. Tell us a bit more about the origins of the company. It's a little bit more convoluted than that Mm -hmm. in some respects, but it always is with family businesses, I suppose. Um, Give you the kind of the brief synopsis on it. My father has been a mortgage broker all his days. I think he was born a mortgage advisor. Um, went from life insurance to mortgages. He did that for about 40 years, roughly. Um, started in Aberdeen, had his own brokerage up there. And your atypical um, Aberdonian sole trader, the, the small office, the big office, loads of staff, small staff, depending on what's going on in the market. And I qualified as a mortgage advisor myself when I finished playing professional rugby. And that was 16, nearly 17 right. years ago. Um, Moved back to Edinburgh and the plan was, do I, do I pull the boots back on and push for another contract or do I start building up my own career in the mm-hmm. background and got my CMAP exams and became a self-employed mortgage advisor and essentially was handing in business on behalf of my father's brokerage in Aberdeen but building my own client bank down here. Um, it probably would have been about three to five years worth of hard graft and at that sort of point we felt that the, my own client bank here in Edinburgh was strong enough to open our first office in Edinburgh mm-hmm. um, and it just at the same time um, as we were looking at potentially opening an office in Edinburgh um, and almost coming in in some form of partnership form with my old man um, I was doing so much buy to let mortgages for loads of my clients they were always asking the same thing John you've done a good job arranging the mortgage but who would you advise to manage the property that we've just purchased right and uh, one day I put my entrepreneurial hat on um, if you will, and put my hand up and said, yeah, we'll manage your property for you. Okay. Um, spoke to my father in Aberdeen. He already had his own portfolio of properties, would invested in other properties between us, and it just made sense to diversify. And look, let's, let's be very honest. At the beginning, it was very much a, a side hustle. Mm-hmm. It was take on a few properties. The game was heavily unregulated yeah. back then. And it almost felt like a sense of fun from being an FCA-regulated, directly authorised mortgage brokerage. Um, that is full of compliance and paperwork and making sure we're dotting every last I and crossing every T to then have this small portfolio of facts in the background. Um, And it was fun. It was exciting. Mm -hmm. My older brother was part of the business in Aberdeen Mm -hmm. with my dad at the time. And he was very much our kind of operations manager. He was the boiler house, as I called him, (laughs) and made sure we were doing everything properly. Um, and it just slowly but surely over that first couple of years um, started to build into something that was that became far more real. Yeah. It wasn't just a few properties for some quality clients that were under management. It became an actual portfolio. And um, me being me, couldn't do anything half-hearted. We really wanted a, a, a real big push to see how we could grow that into an actual um, complementary service, actual subsidiary of our own business. Mm-hmm. And essentially what happened was we set it up as a second business. And that's where, at the time, two businesses were born. Mm-hmm. Tell me to stop if I'm going on too no, much about all, it. No, not at all, not at all, no. Essentially, we had the two businesses, mm-hmm. um, the letting agency and the mortgage brokerage, but they were both under the one roof. Mm-hmm. 
and we had the two different offices, two different businesses running, one heavily regulated, one that wasn't, um, <laughs> one that was vatable, one that was, wasn't. And it was, mm-hmm. in, in my honest opinion, I felt like it was becoming an HMRC's auditing dream. Right, having okay, it all yeah. everywhere, Straight we're bringing on, on more yeah. staff. Mm-hmm. It was growing leaps and bounds. So long story short, again, I basically dragged the old man kicking and screaming into an amalgamation. Right. Of um, both businesses. Mm-hmm. We um, were very brave. We sat down the marketing company and start, actually put our hands in the pocket. And for, for Aberdonians, that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> um, we put our hands in our pocket and paid out to a marketing company here in Edinburgh, mm-hmm. um, Wolf Designs, um, oh, yes. Andrew Wolf, um, mm-hmm. cracking guy. And we worked very, very closely with him for six months. And that's where we decided to be very brave and put our name above the door. We mm-hmm. felt that um, accountability needed to be at the fore. And put the name above the door, and goodness, that's seven years ago. Mm-hmm. To seven, seven years ago, I think we really pushed to have yeah. it as a, a proper family business, all encompassing under the well, one. Well, that's roof. the thing, because I mean, now you've you've grown to to offer a full range of services. I mean, you're pretty much a one-stop shop. So, do you want to go into a bit more detail about what you all offer now? Because yeah. there's so much more. Um, well, where to begin on that? So, as you can imagine. We'd already diversified into lettings. We had the brokerage running, we had the letting side of the business running, we had staff in both areas. And the same entrepreneurial hack came out from under the desk one day because I was realizing that we were managing so much of our landlord's finances at the same time, inadvertently. So Mm -hmm. many landlords were wanting us to refinance or restructure their properties or portfolio lending. And we were doing their insurances and protection for them. Um, at the same time, I realised I had a lot of problem landlords. We'd taken on a lot of accidental landlords, first-time landlords that mm-hmm. really couldn't actually afford to to continue carrying the property that they had. Right. When there would be a remedial issue in the property, there was an mm-hmm. immediate panic. There was no slush fund. There was oh, no. Right, okay. The funds were getting immediately put into the pocket, mm-hmm. and um, although their disposable income had increased, they weren't prepared to put that There's back into for the roof investment repair or something. Itself. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I was finding that I was getting back to the coalface a lot with those types of landlords mm-hmm. and having to have quite you know, full-on discussions. And it all came down to one property I had in Polworth, whereby the landlord refused to, um, refused to remove a broken washing machine and replace oh. um, until such times as the new washing machine arrived at his home. Um, two weeks later from Curry's or wherever, yes. uh, he then plumbed in his old one into the flat. By that point, the tenant had never had a washing machine for two weeks. Oh, the, no. the relationship yeah. breaks down between tenant mm-hmm. and agent, agent and landlord. But I had one other landlord in the background, a very affluent gentleman here in Edinburgh that was desperate to buy up more stock. He was really keen to build a, a strong portfolio. Mm-hmm. And I basically sat down with my one-off landlord and said, look, you're a wonderful guy. You're a great client of mine, but you're a blooming awful landlord. <laughs> um, I valued your property. I've spoken with one of my sales team in-house. We valued it. We assume it's worth roughly this. If And I'm, I'm aware that you also own the property outright. Mm-hmm. And he said, yes. I said, well, if I can get you that exact price in your bank in six weeks' time, would you walk away? Of which he immediately said, John, you're a magician. How do you Perfect even do that? both of them. Mm-hmm. Long story short, did a trade mm-hmm. between the two. And um, that was where our off-market opportunities and property trading proposition started. And again, Great. initially, it was pretty much a, a very straightforward hustle. It was a mm-hmm. quick deals here and there. It was moving property between mm-hmm. landlords. It was getting rid of some bad property, some bad landlords, and um, and tidying up the portfolios, how mm-hmm. I saw it to start with, until eventually, within about a year, it hit home that 
actually this could become a far more formal proposition. Mm -hmm. We could tidy this up and make it into something that um, will benefit the business far greater in the long run. Mm -hmm. And it's taken us, I mean, up till now, we're still, I would say we're now we're about 95% through our portfolio um, in terms of getting it to exactly where I want it. Good. But we are now at a point whereby we carry a very different type of managed portfolio than the majority mm -hmm. of agents in, in Edinburgh or certainly within Scotland, mm -hmm. as far as I believe, in that we have an um, incredibly low ratio of landlords to property. Right. Um, we have a lot of mm -hmm. portfolios under management. Mm -hmm. Um, and the majority of our landlords are either investors themselves who so understand the, this, the, the, the properties themselves or investments mm -hmm. or our landlords that have maybe one or two properties with yeah. us are far more educated in my professional mm -hmm. opinion than a lot of other landlords out there because yeah. we are taking the time to sit down with them and get a proper understanding of their needs mm -hmm. get an understanding of why they own the property what mm -hmm. their longer term intentions are with the property and mm -hmm. um, and that's very much got us to where we are today, where essentially we're about to launch our brand new proposition as a business. Yes, it's we... about to, to go into this actually later in your okay. whole website. Should we touch on that later? Sure, and, sure. Because um, what I was going to ask is, you know, obviously there's a lot of other kind of property professionals, you know, within the city and, um, and in Scotland. But what makes Cox & Co, because you're quite unique in a certain way with your services, what makes you so unique? Sure. We essentially, you mentioned the term one-stop shop. Mm -hmm. that, that's the one mm -hmm. that makes my skin crawl. I, I, like, <laughs> I like to call it a true turnkey service, Gillian. Um, but yes. I remember that for next time. <laughs> <laughs> true turnkey um, service. <laughs> the difference is this, is that we are more than happy still doing the occasional one-off, first-time purchase mortgage, mm -hmm. a remortgage, a home mover. Um, a quick buy to let purchase, no problem at all. And mm -hmm. the same like we were, we are delighted when a new landlord comes on board with us. As it could be one property. Um, we had a lot of staff off over this month on annual leave, and I went mm -hmm. back on the tools and signed up four new landlords myself last Great. week. And all four were one-off landlords, mm -hmm. and they were brilliant. And I loved every minute going to go mm -hmm. meet them myself and walk them a through the process. And I don't ever things. want us. To change. Mm -hmm. I want us to continue to grow in the exact same way as we did seven, mm -hmm. eight years ago. Um, but so who's your main clientele then? Is it your portfolio, your larger kind of portfolio landlords? That's correct. your main clientele. Yeah, but mm -hmm. this is the thing, is that now the majority of our inquiries that come through our door aren't one-off landlords and mm -hmm. they aren't for one-off single transaction mm -hmm. mortgages. What we do on a daily basis is this, in, the br in a very kind of broad brush kind mm -hmm. of way to explain it. We um, are speaking with affluent, high net worth investors that can mm -hmm. be UK based or overseas that have a lovely, as I call it, a pot of gold that mm -hmm. they're looking to invest in property. We are walking them through quite a thorough financial review. We're getting a full understanding of what their investment parameters are. We then go away and source the right properties for them across the central belt of Scotland that fit the parameters exactly. We then arrange the funding for that property. We walk them through the whole process, right through to the day in which it completes, we'll collect the keys. And if it's already tenanted, we'll manage it from day one for that mm -hmm. client and basically making them money on day one on their investment. Or we're of course putting it to market and sourcing the correct tenant, vetting them accordingly, moving them in and then manage that, managing the, the bricks and mortars investment for the client thereafter. And the beauty of that is, yes, upon completion, day one, it becomes pure property mm -hmm. management. 
but what my property team have realised is that by offering a far more proactive service rather than the traditional reactive lettings um, mm -hmm. agency service, um, we're now offering um, quarterly reviews to all of our investors. We're now offering annual reviews. Back in the day, we were very much looking to try and have it as a, a glass of wine in the office, but we probably can't do that in <laughs> no, this current I'm times. We've, we've, we're already going through annual reviews via Zoom at the moment Great. with some clients and not just give them a breakdown of what their, um, how their properties um, are working for them, but it's more a case of um, working on, on occupancy rates, void periods, what we are valuing every property we have under management annually. So mm -hmm. right now we know exactly the total value of our portfolio. And with that, I said um, earlier, we're, we know roughly about 95% of our client wealth that's under yes. management. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of my close friends here in Edinburgh essentially tell me almost weekly saying, John, basically you're a stockbroker for bricks and mortar. Yeah. We're, we're, and that's exactly right. We've moved mm -hmm. into an investment management space first. Mm -hmm. And then along with that is our complementary services for that, which Perfect. essentially we've coined property investment management. So who's your main clientele or, or how do they hear about Cox & Co particularly if you've got a lot of international investors? Is sure. it referrals? Is it, you know... Yeah, um, and again, I'm conscious that we're, we're going to touch on other points later in, uh -huh. in the chat, but ultimately, um, we the majority of our clients are coming to us either from finding us online, mm -hmm. reading our blogs, reading our articles. We sit very well organ on organic listing mm -hmm. online, um, but a huge amount of it is referrals and word of mouth. Great. It's amazing how much these sort of investors seem to all um, speak or are aware of each other um, and they seem to be passing our, our details on. And then we also work very, very closely with a number of property investment academies right. as, and um, investment courses and so on. Mm -hmm. um, we work very closely with one, um, the, the largest Hong Kong based um, in property investment academy. Right. And we are their sole investment consultant for Scotland. Great. Very good. Well, the let's move on to the kind of mortgage market because obviously it's been affected considerably since the pandemic. Um, in what ways has lending become stricter? Tell us a bit more about Goodness. that situation. How long? How long have we got? <laughs> um, look, the the mortgage market is just as strong and just as buoyant as it's ever been. Mm -hmm. The difference is that lenders have become far more stringent, or should I say, some lenders have finally got a brain, and I actually think it's a good thing for the market. Um, from a residential, like a regulated perspective, I think um, there's far more responsible lending going on in the market. Um, and I think that, if anything, works for our clients' favour. Because mm -hmm. if you're a prime client and you have the right affordability, the right credit, etc., etc., you do not have a problem. That being said, adverse lending can still be placed. Our lenders are still pardon me, more than comfortable in that space. Mm -hmm. um, and from a buy-to-let perspective, um, yes, it's become harder. The, the government has been cracking down mm -hmm. on landlords for years and I don't see that ever changing. And with that, lenders are under incredible scrutiny yeah. um, to make sure that um, they are not over-lending, shall we say. It's mm -hmm. probably the best way to put it. Getting, I don't want to get too um, complex or get into too much mm -hmm. of the intricacies of all. But ultimately, the big thing is um, it's more for us on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. We are actually finding we are having to 
manage clients' expectations yeah. more. Because how's it, how's it changed, say, deposit-wise? Has it changed for... Yeah, so this is mm-hmm. the thing. Traditionally speaking, everybody would say, you know, a 25% deposit mm-hmm. can get you a buy to let. Well, that's just not the case. No. Because everything's now down to, as I call it, lender's stress testing, mm-hmm. working out the serviceability of properties. Mm-hmm. And then if you own more than four properties, you're now classed as a professional landlord. Yeah. And therefore, they start looking at it as a portfolio. Mm-hmm. They're looking for landlords to provide business plans yeah. in, some, in some respects. And that is where we very much come into the fore. That mm-hmm. that's exactly what Cox and Core specialising mm-hmm. in is: buy to let, portfolio mm-hmm. finance, and restructuring. So, um, in all honesty, we are not only just having to manage a lot of clients' expectations, but in a very brutal sense, we are having to unbrainwash clients mm-hmm. on an almost daily basis, which makes it very, very difficult for my mortgage team. They get, um, we have to kiss a lot of frogs mm-hmm. because some clients just aren't prepared to accept the truth that they aren't going to get 75% lending on the property that they offered on three weeks ago, Uh went around the houses to all other mortgage advisors in town that didn't understand the intricacies of that buy-to-let lending they required. And when they finally land on our doorstep, we tell them we can get it for them, but they're only going to get 62 or 63% loan to value. Uh And they go off away and a half. And then being very honest, we usually get a phone call back a day later or two days later with their tail between our legs saying, yeah, yeah can we please proceed? Or they mm-hmm. pull out of that property, but they come back to us for the next one because they've realised that we're able to advise yeah. them properly. So we have become quite um, blunt, mm-hmm. quite straight to the point, quite matter-of-fact, and I love it. Yeah, I absolutely love it. And most importantly, my mortgage team love it. They absolutely mm-hmm. love that because there's no sales process in mortgage advice any longer. We're not allowed to. We're mm-hmm. bound by the FCA not to. Yeah. And then um, we're trying to take that into the unregulated market, the buy-to-let market, the same sort of advice process. Well, given obviously these unprecedented times, would you say it's actually a good time for someone to invest in a buy-to-let property? Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, though, there's a lot of... That's quite a, that's quite a loaded question. It there's is, so many uh-huh. different ways to look yeah. at that. Um, Say if, Edinburgh, take Edinburgh then, for example. Yeah, again, it goes down to the individual mm-hmm. and if, if it fits for them, how yeah. much funds they have available to them, mm-hmm. how old they are, how many children they mm-hmm. have. Um, I speak a lot about structure and balance mm-hmm. when it comes to portfolio building. Mm-hmm. The key on day one is getting the structure correct. The amount of clients we tend to come across um, that are on to, they're coming to us for their second property. Yeah. And I always say to them, I really wish you came to us for your first. Right because it's how they've structured their portfolio. They mm-hmm. haven't, in that first um, few weeks building, leading up to investing in your first buy to let, that is crucial. It's mm-hmm. key to make sure you get your structure correct. What would you all say, what, what would be, just so you know, a kind of brief of, of what your advice would be, because obviously a lot of people think it's just down to high yields, but mm-hmm. just go into a bit more detail of what you would advise for what would make you know, your ideal first, but say, property investment. Sure, again, for me, it's very much down to the, the individual, um, how much family they have, what their age is, what their mm-hmm. income is in a year, what their tax position is, um, whether or not we would be advising to buy in personal name or into potentially a, an SPV, a special purpose mm-hmm. vehicle, limited company. Um, depending on, let, let's just say an example, we've got a, a high net worth client who's looking to buy their first buy to let. They've got three children. They, maybe they're saying their 40s with three young children. Perhaps, and again, I'm not a tax um, professional, so I'm mm-hmm. going to put that on. We've actually got Stuart Petrie of A and B coming in next on the podcast. I thought that would follow on nicely, Perfect. and he can touch on all the tax relief side of. I genuinely love yes. accountants. I uh-huh. love accountants because I love to be able to offer very informal advice uh-huh. around the tax part of it, and then I love 
firing off my client to go speak to one of my yes. tax advisors that we have on our preferred list. And the client come back saying, yep, John, what you told me was correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's down to the last, again, decade of working within that sphere. Right. I've got a very good handle on it, but I need to be very careful and caveat things, loads of asterisks and emails to make sure you <laughs> understand that it's not actual advice. I need to go and yeah. get that professional advice. Um, but once we get the structure correct for our clients, like I said, use an avatar of a mid-40s individual, mm-hmm. married, three kids, um, high-rate taxpayer, perhaps a limited company for mm-hmm. their first property would be the right way. And then the question really is, what are you looking to gain from your property investment? Mm-hmm. Is it long-term? Are they earning enough right now that they don't require the passive income from property? Yeah. Are they looking for merely capital appreciation? Or as I mentioned previously, balance. Mm-hmm. The key for us at Cox & Co is allowing our clients to understand that for us, they need to have a, a, a few quality properties at the core of their portfolio. And once they have those few quality properties at the core, then we could, dare I say it, play mm-hmm. and look at other opportunities that would be slightly higher risk or the higher yielding, traditionally higher yielding properties that mm-hmm. we don't have the same sort of level of capital appreciation potential, but they'll increase the the, the passive income in a month mm-hmm. from, from their portfolio. So it's, again, structure and balance are two ways to do it. And everyone is different. Absolutely every client yes. comes to the door is different depending on their needs. Okay. Well, let's look at more in generic for um, areas within Scotland. Mm-hmm. At the moment, typically, which cities or areas um, would you currently recommend for, say, a property well, I mean, investment? Sure. We very much specialise in Edinburgh and Glasgow. That's our two areas. We sold our Aberdeen business mm-hmm. um, right before the oil bubble burst, which was... Right. Um, worked out perfectly for us and um, my father was looking to move to uh, and move down here and um, the rest of my family all, have all been in Edinburgh for a number of years right. so my parents decided to up sticks so we it fitted in perfectly to sell the Aberdeen yep. business which was difficult we had, a, we had some staff that had been with us for a number of years up right. there and um, we had made a tough decision to, to sell the portfolio and, uh-huh. and offload the mortgage book in Aberdeen um, since then, we've solely focused on the central belt um, going down as far as Gala Shields, and we still have a small portfolio in Dundee under management as well. I was about to ask well. about Dundee, yes, because it was rated recently kind of top um, university city Absolutely. for vital investment. We, we still do some form of some investment mm-hmm. in Dundee. It doesn't come up as often, mm-hmm. and I think it's because we very much do focus on Edinburgh, Glasgow, and the commuter towns in between. Yes. Um, so going back to areas that you say, yeah, like I think Edinburgh itself will give that balance that I'm talking about across mm-hmm. the board. As right. I always say, as long as you're buying within the bypass, yeah, you're still going to receive very similar rates of capital appreciation mm-hmm. across the whole city. Um, it's again picking up. I people talk about areas. I don't talk about areas. I talk about pockets. Okay. Most blogs and articles online will always talk the usual: Gorgie, Dalry, mm-hmm. Leith. There are lots of little pockets between these areas yeah. that I believe are the best areas for clients to invest in. And if people are happy to pick up with me after this podcast, I'm more than happy <laughs> to share where those pockets are. <laughs> You've got somebody already in the queue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what cost then should a new buy-to-let investor factor in when purchasing a property? I think, again, this is part of the, the managing of the expectations for clients. I think... Um, we get a lot of first-time investors coming to us who have managed to save up a 25% deposit for, say, a 150k flat, mm-hmm. and they forget about the tax and so on that's involved. Mm-hmm. 
especially if they already own their home and looking mm -hmm. to add one property to their portfolio, they've got to obviously take in consideration LBTT and yeah, additional dwelling supplement, yeah. as well as legal costs and as well as their mortgage costs and then furnishing costs, certification. You know, it's it's a property that hasn't been rented in the past, a, a standard, say, one-bedroom property. It's still going to cost in, in excess of £1,000 just to get it you know, rental ready. Mm -hmm. And a lot of clients just don't take that into consideration. And that's why I tend to say to them, not only do they need to come to me with the right minimum lump sum for an investment, they also need to have a slush fund already. Yeah. And okay. they'll always seem to say, oh, the slush fund's going to come from the first six months of rent. Mm -hmm. And I said, but you're already behind. Yeah. So is it actually for you? So we have set figures in place on our spreadsheets and if clients are contacting us, we're comfortable to say to them, well, look, this is the figure you really need to start. Mm -hmm. in property investment until you get to that figure we don't really advise it we're yeah. happy to turn away clients at the moment as well mm -hmm. because we need to do what's right by them as well yeah well just move on to the the sort of kind of short-term lets um because they can often be perceived as a viable investment for higher profits however you know even with scottish tourism it's suffered immensely uh, due to covid19 edinburgh festival's been cancelled obviously new year celebrations won't take on their kind of normal form so would you advise short-term landlords to convert to long-term? Yes and no. Again, mm -hmm. difficult question to answer. I would say we've already seen a, a huge amount of short-term um, rental landlords jump ship. And we're also now seeing a lot of them, again, tail between their legs going straight back to it. Or we've sourced a tenant, a long-term tenant, for a previously short-term let property, and they're coming back to us saying, how do we get out of this? Right. Mm -hmm. And it's because the market's picking back up again. Staycations, uh, you know, at the fore at the moment, everyone's mm -hmm. keen to get back into it. And the short-term market, I believe, has um, picked back up again in this last quarter. Um, so again, the, uh, for, for me, both markets are strong. Mm -hmm. I do 100% believe in the next 18 months to two years, we're going to see the same level of regulation in the short-term market as we have currently in the long-term market. Perhaps could take a little bit longer with the COVID situation that might get put in the back burner for yeah. a little bit longer than what we all initially expected in the industry. Um, but I really hope it comes in soon. And okay. I really hope that comes into the market. Um, I, I honestly believe that more regulation in the short-term market will actually open up more doors for lending in the short-term rental right. market. Okay, well, just jumping back to mortgages again, obviously there's there's a variety of mortgages available, um, that you know, capital and interest, interest only, part and part. What option would you recommend to a property investor kind of typically? Yeah, my typically broad brush would be interest only. Mm -hmm. And it's getting clients to understand that when they are putting down a 25% deposit on a property, they don't own that property. They have mm -hmm. invested in 25% of the value yes. of that big lump of bricks and mortar right there that's now an asset and it's mm -hmm. about earning mm -hmm. on that money. Um, when people, I, I very rarely talk yield. I don't believe in yield. I right. believe in return on investment. Unless okay. you're buying a property cash. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, a traditional yield calculation is your gross annual rent, rent divided by the value. Mm -hmm. But if you're only investing 25% or 30% into a property and you're never intending on repaying mm -hmm. that, then why do we ever talk about yield? Mm -hmm. The key really needs to be return on investment, which is your gross rent divided by the total cost to purchase or total cost to an in investment. Mm -hmm. um, so ROI for me is the key okay. um, on that sort of point. So therefore, with that, interest only would be the way forward. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a case of utilising or leveraging with cheap debt while mm -hmm. it's cheap 
-hmm. and then managing that properly. So getting the right sort of fixed rates in place for the right times, um, basically playing the market for, to your best interests as you go while you want to continue to own that investment. Okay. Well, say if a landlord was looking to expand their portfolio using their existing properties, what would you advise? What's Again, depending on their own circumstances and how much equity they have in their properties, that very much can be um, one strategy a lot of clients, especially in Edinburgh. Look, if we're looking at between 4 to 4.5% 4 um, growth in, in value per annum in most of the main prominent rental areas in Edinburgh, and we've seen that traditionally over the last six years, um, and I honestly believe even with COVID ongoing that we're going to still see similar growth. Yeah. Um, we have seen clients who are taking a five-year fixed rate with the sole purpose of um, refinancing in five years' time and capital raising up to 75% of the new value. Mm -hmm. So yes, um, owning a portfolio sometimes um, is all you need to buy more property mm -hmm. if you're happy for the longing. Mm -hmm. uh, we have clients that do not put their hands in their pocket and they've bought into it early enough and even with two or three properties they're managing to buy the third or fourth yeah. just from the capital appreciation during a five-year fixed rate. Mm -hmm. Just pulling out and going again yeah, quite simply. Absolutely. Okay so say if a client comes to you then with a lump sum of money what would you tend to do? Would you tend to advise them to buy one property mortgage free or several properties with again, mortgages? Again it, it goes down to the client's requirements and it goes down to after a, a full financial review and investment analysis with ourselves and my team that are fully qualified to mm -hmm. do so, of course. Um, I would very rarely ever advise to buy a property cash because again, that's when we're talking yield rather than ROI yeah. and it's very hard to get that sort of return in, in a property that you could be getting from other far less riskier yeah. investments. So depending on what the client's level of... Um, um, or their, what their risk appetite risk, is yeah. um, goes down to what they would do. I think traditionally speaking, or generally speaking, carrying a, you know at least fifty percent debt against their properties would be the norm. Mm -hmm. um, and we would probably be looking to advise or at least steer down that route if the client's comfortable with carrying yeah. said debt. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, finally, on the Cots and Co front, you're about to relaunch your website, which yeah. is exciting. So there's a lot happening within the company just now. So, and it's seen considerable development over the past 10 years. So what's about to happen now? Where, you know, what plans have you got for the near sure. future? So roll back 15 minutes ago or so when we were talking about how we've traditionally always been a master mortgage brokerage that did lettings and mm -hmm. also dabbled in sales and property sourcing. And with those three things, those powers combined, Captain Planet style, if anyone's listening, <laughs> old enough to remember Captain Planet, those powers combined yeah. offers essentially that point that I mentioned, property investment management. Um, I'll be very honest with you, I've been quite reluctant and intimidated and quite scared to launch this earlier Okay. because we do have a niche, we, we just do. We, mm -hmm. there's, there's nobody else that I'm aware of that's offering all these services under the one roof. Right. Yes, there's agents out there that will source you a property and then manage it for you thereafter, even renovate it for you, no bother at all. I'm aware of other mortgage brokers in Scotland that are actually dabbling in a bit of lettings themselves. Great, good for mm -hmm. them, it's wonderful. I'm really impressed with the quality of letting agents in the market. I, I work very closely with a number of my competitors, mm -hmm. offering our services, essentially white labeling our service to a number of some of the larger firms in Edinburgh, and I'm really comfortable with that. I love the relationships I've built with, with on day-to-day -day would-be competitors. Yeah. 
Um, and the reason for that is because they've bought into me, they've bought into my business. We're very honest and upfront with what we're doing. And they understand that actually utilizing our services is helping them build their portfolios yeah. at the same time. And we're all making money, so we're happy. Anyway, the point is what I'm getting at is I've been quite, I've been reluctant to rebrand or um, restructure the website or, or really shout um, from the rooftops what it is we do for fear of um, mimicking copying mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. people with far deeper pockets and far bigger brothers than what I have right. um, to try and do what we're doing. I think the time is now, I think the time um, more so than ever is now for us to step up and tell the the marketplace and mm -hmm. tell everyone what it is we're actually doing. So the um, property investment management proposition, try and say that three times as <laughs> fast as you can, um, property investment management proposition will become our main brand proposition. Right, okay. And that will essentially lead the way for Cox & Co for the future. Perfect. Well, finishing on a more personal note, anyone that knows you is aware of your, your passion for rugby. In fact, you've recently come out of retirement and playing for Melrose. I'm glutton for punishment. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so, I mean, rugby requires, obviously, resilience, Teamwork, determination, good communication. You know, how do you think rugby, say, has, has kind of played its part in helping you develop Cox & Cold mm -hmm. to what it is now? I think right back at the beginning, I was so wet behind the ears. Um, I basically left school and went straight into professional rugby. Semi-professional rugby, then into professional rugby. That's all I right. wanted to do. And I was very fortunate at a very young age to have a taste of that level of rugby mm -hmm. straight out of school especially as being a prop forward at the time it, you know there was very few guys of that sort of position um that sorry that age right. in the front mm -hmm. row or in you know in in the, in the forward pack and um i was probably quite naive I, I do have a few regrets in terms of how i handled myself back then right. I, I do think i probably could have had a far longer professional rugby career if i wasn't so hard-headed Right. But I knew myself that I was my own boss and I knew mm -hmm. that I had something to give. I knew that I was passionate in everything that I was doing and I was trying to lead the way everywhere I possibly could. Um, I do look back and think maybe some ele elements back then when you're young, you should, you should keep your head down and maybe perhaps it came across as a bit arrogance. Right. Um, anyway, we're not here to talk fully about that, but I do believe that setting up my business as a self-employed, going, going self-employed at 23, Yeah. Um, the only thing I knew was was rugby and being a part of a team and trying to lead as part of a team and also being willing to learn from others around me and mm -hmm. being comfortable knowing that I can offer X, Y and Z but I needed other teammates to do A, B and C yeah. for the team to work and being comfortable with that. So I immediately was, was very, very grounded in terms of trying to grow my business and being comfortable looking for help and taking on the right people within within my, you know, as we grew the business. Mm -hmm. And I still think that's where we're at just now. Um, I lead a team of 10 just now, and I very much I let them on a daily basis um, run their workload. Uh, I let them, um, I, tr I, don't, I don't say we've you got a, a rugby team too. in there, mm -hmm. but we, we, my team are all professional. I have no part-time members of staff, no graduates, no mm -hmm. trainees. Everyone is full-time employed and have, are very professional and I've got loads and bags of experience um, in their area within the business, whether that mm -hmm. be the sales, lettings, sourcing, and most importantly, the mortgage mm -hmm. side of the business. Um, I let them run their run their daily um, tasks, and I am there to support and help, and offer leadership where where necessary. Right, perfect. 
Well, listen, thank you very much, John, for coming in and, um, and good luck with the relaunch. Well, listen, thank you so much for your time. I really thank appreciate you. it. I'm Gillian Semler. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to the Let's Talk channel on all the usual platforms, including Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud, as well as on citylets.co.uk forward slash podcasts. And also let your friends know where to find us. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show providing insight into the world of property letting. More information on today's show can always be found on our show notes along with this podcast. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's talk at citylets.co.uk.